a one-time deal that I will make in the memory of your badass son, someone that I actually respected. You get Hilltop, Kingdom Alexandria to fall in line, and our arrangement is back in place. And you are forgiven, Rick. Now that is an epic freaking Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa gift all rolled up into one, considering what a thorn in my ass cheek you've all been. Now why would I trust any deal offered to me after what you did to Jadis's people? The hell are you talking about? Scavengers. You killed them. All of them. Is that how you save people? Son of a bitch. Still just me and you. Even though plenty of you people must have seen you go see. See, it's times like this you realize who your true friends are. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fan Critical. This evening we're going to be continuing our coverage of The Walking Dead, Season 8, Episode 12, The Key, directed by my fave, Greg Nicotero. I'm back, I'm not dead, it turns out that zombie bite's not that fatal, apparently. And uh, this evening I am joined by John. That's not a good beginning. Hello! (laughs) Great. And Len. Hi guys. So, um, I think... (laughs) This is the highest rated episode of season eight. Am I right in saying that? Yes. And we all seem to have pretty enjoyed it. Lots of things to talk about. Um, yeah. So let's just kick off with some overall impressions of episode 12. Len, I'm going to come to you first. Um, this is, you know, for for something that is, uh, I was angry about the way they're stretching out this all out war stuff. I mean, if they're going to just, make random things up that aren't in the comics and they're just going to do something with it. More of this, please. Like, more of this sort mm. of, like, interesting Rick... Ne- you know, we don't, haven't seen enough of Rick and Negan really facing off with each other properly for quite a while now. Uh, and this was this was perfect in that regard, like some sort of weird fun house of horror that was going on. <laughs> I was loving it. Um, house of horror, I think. Is... Yeah, fun house. Yeah. Uh, no, not Whole Pat Sharp. To be <laughs> but no, it was great. Um, and yeah, more more Simon, more Oggy. Oggy, Oggy, Oggy. at play. He's he's doing really well. And some new characters get introduced. Uh, overall, love the episode. I am. Um, I think this is my favourite episode of season eight to date. Actually, um, fucking brilliant. <laughs> Better than Shiva. Shiva episode with um, Ezekiel. That was a pretty good episode, I have to say. I mean, it was, but I, I actually think this was my favourite. Yeah, fair. This is, uh, this is an episode where finally Rick gets back to how I love Rick. Kick-ass, bloody, crazy and vengeful. Like, Cra- crazy Rick, yeah. Crazy Rick. I love crazy Rick. Although he just reminded me that we still have not seen how we get to Bloodshot Rick. But we'll get back onto that. Um, John, what about you? You enjoyed this episode? You want an episode that brings your strongest characters to the to the fore uh i think some of the issues this season is like like where's negan yeah so we've got a fair bit of him and and to be honest like if if you're gonna devote time to two characters coming back to last week's episode (laughs) with fucking gabe and gaby chuck norris gabe and dr carson (laughs) um, dr chuck norris load of shit 
Like, what's the point in them? No one gives a shit. I don't know though, because I thought the um, no. the effects that they did with uh, Gabe being blind were like mind blowingly good. That was sickness, oh, man. Reeked. Yeah. Um, so look, if if you're gonna devote time to two characters, then uh, you can't go far wrong than Rick and Negan. Um, I do have some complaints about that, but for the most part, um, you know, new characters, new storylines. Uh, and look, uh, the biggest bombshell is I started reading the comics after this episode. Oh shit! Because, I know, yeah. Uh, legally as well, I've paid for it legally, so don't. Very good. And um, expensive mm. investment. Um, to be honest, a bit expensive. So if you want to send us uh, some free comics to read, anyone, yeah, could be a publisher. Uh, Image Comics, I believe, is the yeah. But no, seriously, if anyone wants to send us some legitimate versions of the comics, I'd really like to start Can reading. I have free book, please. I was promised this podcast would make me money. It's not. So free oh, comics will do. Don't worry about that yet. Um, <laughs> no, and all jokes aside, I'm actually really pleased that um, John started reading the comics and now I feel like, you know, Billy no mates, so I've got to pull my finger no, out. No, it's good it because too. it's got like lots of pictures. Yeah, and that, it was very accessible for people who, uh, who can't <laughs> read good. So Yeah, I don't read so good. Um, um, but no, it's, yeah, but that, you read the pictures just fine, John. But uh, for the reason I wanted to start reading the comics is we've got this new character that's got involved and... We'll talk about that more in a bit, but I was kind of like, oh, this is interesting. Um, it seems like once All Out War is out of the way, it might actually be a half-decent show again. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. there you go. So I'd like to kick us off by talking about the pre-credit opening scenes. Uh, so we open up with Negan and Simon, a bit of Dwight, Sherry's wedding rings and that, you know, cigarette butt that he's been carrying around for years. Uh, or months, as I've recently learned from Reddit. Thanks, guys. You are so, like, so switched on. Um, but the <laughs> opening was quite interesting. We've been playing around with a lot of uh, different styles, shall we say. Too many. A lot of slow-mo, a lot of close-ups in this opening, which was pretty uh, odd, I thought, actually. Again. Didn't mm. really open it well for me. But, you know, we, we got straight into the straight into the nuts of it. Um, oh. Woo! Yeah, who doesn't love some nuts? Uh, so, I don't know, okay. I've, I've had a really long week. Um, well, yeah. So, N- we get the. Nutty based. So, then we get the um, Dwight and Negan reunion. And I thought this was really interesting because I still couldn't quite work out uh, Negan's real feelings towards Dwight's return and whether he was fucking with him or Ooh. genuinely pleased to see him back and just being his usual Negan self. Um, John, what did you think about their interaction, like pre credits? Yeah, I mean, like, well, we know he he doesn't know. Does he even suspect? I think if he did, he would be a well, little bit more... What I was wondering. I, I think it's a bit cheap, to be honest. Yeah, I think he's just been Negan, any. Yeah. He's just been Negan, and they want you to think what you just said, Em, which is like, oh, Negan's a bit suspicious. Dwight disappeared, came back through the forest. You know, Dwight even reels off this little speech of, him, mm. you know... I knew you'd set up the blockades and all this sort of stuff on the way to the hilltop. So I went through the forest and it, it, you know, it all checks out. And I think they're pretty much on the same page. I think Negan has literally got no suspicions at this point. Mm. I think it's interesting though, because they've set up that doubt quite well because of the way that they have characterised Negan in the show. And I know there's been a lot of criticism about the fact he's, you know, he's basically Woody from Toy Story um, (laughs) in the way he wanders around. And he's a bit, you know comic but because of that and the way they've characterized him in that way in the show i think it makes it harder to tell if you're not as cynical as perhaps other viewers might be Mm. um whether he genuinely has an inkling that dwight has tried to fuck him over and then ended up coming back negan is you know this 
larger than life character like you just said and um sometimes his delivery can come across as you know suspicion or you know like you just you can't really, silly silly yes yeah. is no way of describing it. but i think him, him and dwight on the same page now um and and you know we'll see later on in this episode but like you know negan's savior situation is looking pretty dire at yeah. this at this stage it's i mean pretty fucked up it's not sustainable is it so, so, I mean, like, the, one of the things that Negan says to Dwight is, our, our people need to get their business in order. Um, and actually, that is the total fucking opposite of what Negan manages to do in this episode. Yeah. Which I thought was a really interesting bit of signposting and, and positioning for that. Mm. Um, we then get the, you know, we're going to start ripping out some guts and covering our weapons in them and yeah. put them in buckets good and stuff. drive off. Really good stuff. Real nice and gory. Really Nicotero like specific he always does great episodes with lots of good yeah. guts and gore um, um and then a really ironic bit where simon talks about um telling the reminding the troops not to kill anyone it's like well yeah he's so funny thought about that last week shouldn't you simon hmm. um yeah. but i really like that and actually Stephen og is fast becoming one of my favorite actors hmm. in in this season i think he's fantastic <clears throat> um and then they all they all go off and and obviously we roll to credits. We get that lovely uh, scene with Negan and Lucille in the front seat where he goes, "You look beautiful, God, baby. You look beautiful, baby." Like that's that. just stupid. No, I love it. I love that. I, love well, I, have to say, I have to say. I have to say. I think Negan has a slightly kind of pseudo sexual relationship with Lucille. Well, he definitely has a, and some I'm, sort of relationship with that. With I'm that okay with that. Stick it up his ass. I hope not. It's covered it's in fucking, barbed wire. Yeah, barbed wire all over it. So yeah, probably just wraps it in bubble wrap and I don't know grinds on it or something. No, he he does love the bat, and um, the the relationship between uh, Negan and the bat, Lucille, I'll name drop there, um, is very important in the comics as well. And um, you un- hopefully, and I'm sure this will happen just from the way this episode's gone and the way previous episodes have gone with uh, Negan's Mm-mm. talking about Lucille when other people touch Lucille and things. He he says. You know, don't you touch her? He said it before. He mm. says it again later in this episode, yeah. and hopefully, you know, you guys will and we all will get a backstory of why the bat is so important to him. I know, but... fingers crossed. And and you know, if he is this caricature, it's like he's then do... that's well, that's I, that I he's got to do it. No, I understand that. I understand that. Uh, even like playing it up and being that character in front of other people because yeah. he wants to. Uh, I don't know, like scare them or yeah. inspire them, but yeah. there's no one there at that point. But when you buy, it's, it's like just Ezekiel doing that for the audience. Yeah, it's like it's Ezekiel. Like... You buy into your own character. You believe this thing until it all falls it down. That far? Well, clearly like... it does. I think it does. No, I I don't think that's acceptable. Okay. Well, um, I want to talk a little bit more. <laughs> I can <laughs> say that. It's my fucking opinion. No, no, like, that's why I've, it's no, just I've silly. It. Like, no, it's it's fucking stupid. <laughs> and I'm out. You know what? I'm, I didn't even swear in last week's episode. We're ten minutes in, one beer. There you go. Yes, that happens. Done. I am um, so I don't disagree that it is a bit ridiculous, but that's why I love it, and I love the ridiculous caricature nature of Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing Negan. Um, even though it's maybe not the best, you know, it could definitely be scarier. It could be hey. more frightening, but <laughs> yeah. I really love it. I love that character. Hey, if it so... was, if this was on HBO, he'd be able to swear like he does in the comics, and he'd be able to really like, inherit the fucking role. Fucking beautiful baby. Yeah, and that would be yeah. proper Negan. Now, look, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is doing an absolutely amazing job with the material that he's given, which is essentially you know a child-friendly version of the comic script. So, fair play to him. 
It's what it is. And we'll, we'll, I want to talk a bit more later on, um, Len, you've, you've already brought it up, but I want to talk as we go through this um, coverage a bit more about that relationship in the comics and how it compares. <clears throat> by that relationship, I mean Negan and Lucille. Um, but I want to split our discussion this evening into three distinct parts. Oh. Uh-huh. Because uh, three is the magic number. Um, first off, I want to talk about the scenes that we go through at the hilltop. Um, so there's a few of them, but we do focus largely around the ladies of the hilltop. Yeah. Wee. Wee. Pretty kick-ass ladies, to be honest. So the first um, couple of scenes that we get at the hilltop is the return of Rick and Michonne. Um, again, we're kind of replicating that slow, lots of close-ups, quite emotional kind of slow music like we had at the beginning of the episode before the credits. Um, Judith gets reunited with Rick. Nice, nice little moment. Yeah, sweet little moment, to be honest. Um, And then we get a Rick and Daryl moment. Yes. Which we have not had in forever. Fuck me, how much dialogue was Daryl given? That's the most dialogue Daryl has had for two seasons. Mm. Uh, Definitely, if not more. But this is the first time we've seen the two of them properly interact since they had their little bro tiff. Yeah, I I love the romance between Rick and Daryl. I think they're calling it a brief. A brief, or... yeah, brief. Yeah, yeah. oh um, yeah, I remember that. But it's, it's an urban dictionary. It's brief. um, it's so good to get them like actually having a frank discussion with one another and to try and see Daryl, a quite emotionally void person at times, to try and get him <laughs> to sort of comfort Rick in some respect is actually really powerful stuff. But also, I think, and, and Len, I think you've been harping on about this for a while, um, Daryl apologised yes. for fucking up at, at the uh, saviour Thank compounds. you, writers. Finally. Um, I mean, they are, as we said, they're brothers. They, they have this real connection. They rely on each other. And they've been so separated. And there's been this huge gulf between them for ages. And it was only exacerbated by the, everything that happened with that really fucked up decision that Daryl made, let's face it. And yeah. I, I do agree with you. And um, so I thought it was a really important moment. But it, I don't think it was long enough. I kind of wanted a bit more conversation. Did yeah. Rick care? I don't know, and I, I can't work out uh, how I, I think Rick feels at the moment. I think Rick at this point, and we'll see later in the episode, and I know we said that um, after Laurie died, that he went into crazy crazy Rick phone mode, you know, kept thinking the yeah. phone the phone, the phone Laurie, was calling. That, that was shit. Um, well, John, as you'll see, it's in the comics and it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting psychotic break that he has. And it's similar to what, as we said, Morgan's gone through and is going through still. And other characters have gone through at certain points. And we did say when Rick lost Carl, because there's no precedent for it in the comics. So I don't, you know, I didn't know how he was going to react to such a thing. Mm. He seems quite calm, but at the same time, as we'll see later, he gets psychotic, Mm. uh, I think at this stage, his head is just scrambled and he is just emotionally fighting so many different fronts. And that's why he looks like he doesn't care, I think. But I don't think it's that. I think he does He does say, Daryl, thank you. I did actually get the impression that he didn't care. But that's interesting. And I think, actually, I, no, may, no, I, I may look at it differently. <clears throat> no, but I mean in a, in a positive way. Like... Uh, yeah, him, that's what him, I was... Like, yeah. As in, like, him apologising, he's kind of like... I mean, you don't even need to apologise. You don't need to apologise. Like, yeah. At no point is he ever... Asking for the apology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not associating yeah. anything that, yeah. that mm. Dowell has done yeah. uh, to be bad. He's just like, Negan. I need to get Negan. Yeah. That's it. I think at the same time in this conversation, Rick says that, you know, he's made a... He's admitted he should worry more about them and be more selfish and fuck trying to save the innocent people. Protect the group and kind of 
fucking give up on trying to save everyone. Which, which is and also, that for me, yeah. that's where I. This is where I get frustrated with Rick. Is where he's constantly like, everyone must be saved, and it's got to be peaceful. It's like, no, if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna survive the apocalypse, you got to kill some people, man. Like, get back to badass Rick. Well, yeah, and now you know, but he's also fighting against his son's dying wishes. So this is where the interesting. Yeah, I don't care. This is where it's gonna. I mean. This is where it's all going to come to a head, isn't it? And we're going to see what happens. Yeah, so. I mean, there's obviously going to be a crisis of, of conscience yeah. at some point where he's going to a go absolutely... A decision that needs to be made. Yeah, he's going to go batshit crazy, kill a load of people, then feel awful. But hopefully by that point, he'll have killed enough of the saviours and Negan that he can start to build the world that Carl wants. Mm. And I think that that's, you know, it's at least partly honouring what Carl wanted. I think it was impactful uh, and it was interesting that uh rick is like he's he he just has a focus now and and that kind of just that's how the rest of the episode goes he is i want to kill negan basically like like that even though he doesn't explicitly just say that i mean that is that's his goal can i throw a spanner in the works here if you want hasn't he been banging on about all he wants to do is kill negan for like the last 12 episodes well good like i i like a man that is like he's got Pure conviction. Yeah. If he just flip flopped, it'd be like, "Oh, what's he doing?" But he kind of no, and I don't, I don't mean it in that way. I mean just that that's not revelationary in this particular moment, is it? I, I get I what you mean about be, the... considering that it would be very easy for him to go, Carl. He said this in this crappy letter, and now I'm just gonna go the other way because the viewers might expect it. No, no. Mm, okay, fair just enough. Kill Negan. Hashtag kill Negan. Yeah. So next significant part of our story with the hilltop in episode 12 uh, is probably what uh, defines it for the majority of the rest of the episode in terms of the hilltop ladies. Uh, and it's that mystery box and its message. Um, you can never resist a mystery box. No, you Seriously, can't. Seriously, if you get given the option of a million dollars or a mystery box, you take the mystery box. Well, I take a, uh, the mystery no, box. I... There might be a million dollars in <laughs> there. <laughs> no, I definitely take the million dollars. Um, but... You know, in general, the the attraction of a mystery always interesting. <laughs> That's uh, is that on your Tinder profile? Yeah, or I'm not on Tinder. Bumble oh. then, Bumble everyone, or yeah. Bumble, or any other dating app. Just to clarify, but E-harmony. the fan critical is on every single podcast app. If you want to follow us and download the rest of our content, yeah, um, I but, but we're not on Bumble. I'm not. So this brings up a a bit of a a moral dilemma between. Uh, the women here so you've kind of got a pretty even divide haven't you between um maggie not wanting to take a chance and michelle be like no no but last time we took a chance look sadiq turned up and he was a doctor and all lovely stuff which you know fair um if dr carson hadn't have committed yeah. basic suicide then we would have had two um i didn't like this bit that much i thought it was a bit weird are we just running through the whole plot line with this now yeah let's just go with it let's just go with it okay um len my first question though before you give your opinion is is this something that happens in the comics well this yes. is this, this is where it gets uh this is where it gets a little bit interesting because obviously the comics go way past all out war all out war probably ends around issue 125 <clears throat> or 130 i can't remember and currently we're on issue 178 or 179 so we've gone quite a bit past all-out war we've also you know said that there will be a time jump at some point potentially um now the the character that gets introduced here is potentially and there's a lot of things going around reddit at the moment on the comic threads and people talking about it just because of the way she looks could be someone from the future issues of the comic (laughs) 
Not literally the future. <laughs> it is Wait, not, I was, like, was going to uh, say, yeah, I'm a robot it's woman. not the Terminator. Um, no, but it could Can be you... someone for later issues in the comic. We, I cannot say <clears throat> any more than that because I'll be giving away, <clears throat> I'll be giving away spoilers. I don't want to do that. Spoiler warning. Thanks, John. Um, so yeah, let's let's see where it goes. But as, it's interesting because you know we've seen them this one episode and it looks like they were not going to be back for a while mm. so at least until probably next season because obviously the rest of the season is going to be dedicated to lots of people dying and the end of all out war so yeah uh so john what did you think of georgie hilda and mitch when we finally met them i mean georgie's the main one yeah yeah, yeah. Right, and okay. i don't know which of which is is they're hilda twins or they're mitch. twins they're twins i mean fucking useless they are but I mean, they, they already annoy me. But they also did come out with the the best part of this episode. Don't which say was... it. You're going to say again? it, aren't you? You're going to say the words. Moisture. Moisture. I mean, what was that? that? That's where the writers still just need to do a bit of work. You know, like they've had a good episode. They've done a quite a good episode here. Why are they throwing stuff like that in? They're throwing oh, it like... It's like, a made, <laughs> it's like a made up word, like flippy sticky, clump. Moisture. I mean, come on, man. That's just fucking. So I mean, all, I'm all up for a laugh every now and then, but that wasn't it's, even funny. It's character development, though, isn't it? You know, just showing that whether it was Hilda or Mitch, I'm not sure. Um, isn't that bright? I think it's Midge, not Mitch. I'm gonna go for Mitch. But why? But why do these like? Is it Midge? Yeah, I think so. Shit, I'm really sorry, guys. But why do these like two people that are clearly her? Uh, I don't know. Support bodyguards. Or help or yeah, bodyguards. Why do they have to be fucking morons? Like. <laughs> Oh, this is funny. Yeah, I'm surprised one of them didn't just go, or oh, a made up word that no one understands, like zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, if that yeah. had happened. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd have fucking lost it. Fucking funny. I'd have lost uh, it. And I mean, smart little in joke yeah. uh, for everyone. Um, they're shit. I don't want to talk about them. What about uh, Georgie? Yeah, I mean, interesting. Where's she from? Her face is really familiar. She, well, I recognise her um, from Criminal Minds, which is a terrible show about serial killers. Nah, you fucking love that show, don't you? So, uh, so George is played by Jane Atkinson, who, as I said, I know from Criminal Minds, played Erin Strauss for about seven years. Great, um, but she was also. Ah, uh, oh, I was twenty-four. In 24, and, and the mum in Free Willy 1, 2, and 3. And I have to be honest, that's how I remember her. Um, I just remember from Criminal I didn't Minds. know that until you said it, but let's just say Free Willy, one of the finest works of our generation. So what do we think about Jane Atkinson, a.k.a. Georgie from the future, clearly, <clears throat> uh, in The Walking Dead? John, what do, you, what do you feel about her revelation about this knowledge that she's willing to trade for? Really interesting. Uh, interesting enough that, that like... Her specifically was why I wanted to start reading the comics because, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, Reddit might have blown up. I'm not on Reddit. Um, but, like, Instagram, there was, like, everyone going, oh, my God, this might be the woman from the team. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it is, like, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, planting the seeds for, you know, the next kind of... Stage of the show. A few seasons, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And the, the, the idea of trading knowledge is is something that's extremely interesting and something that, that is, you know, with the thing that they get at the end, which is a key to their future or whatever, which is this big book, which describes how to build a civilization, essentially medieval civilization. Like, yeah. you know, we're going to have to rebuild from the ground up. You know, humans are very, you know, 
durable creatures. We, if things get wiped out or towns get wiped out, we build again and we go again. And and she's understanding that that is what needs to happen with all of these yeah. communities. Yeah, yeah. And the idea that someone would trade that for goods, be it records or food or anything like that is fascinating yeah um and will only prove to me be really interesting in the future because the most interesting part about this show you know is always about how i'm interested in how humanity rebuilds society that's what i'm interested in yeah so can we just skip slightly over the kind of moral battle between michonne and maggie and Um, Rosie, I, we need I, for a moment. I want to go yeah, back to it. Yeah. But now that we've just mentioned it, so this this final trade of knowledge and this this manual of how to, to rebuild. I've got a question here that came up on my tube journey home today with a mate of mine. Shout out to Daniel. He did give me this idea, but then we ranted about it for quite some time. Mm. In the hilltop, there is a very, very large library full of books. Yeah. Why has nobody looked at these books before? And they probably <clears> tell you quite a lot of really interesting stuff about history. It's just history. hardcore pornography. Uh, no. I mean, Gregory genuinely. used to be the owner, so hardcore pornography seems about right. Hardcore pornography and how being... How to make your own whiskey. How to be a worm. But legitimate, <laughs> legitimate, that's probably only maybe 25% of the library. The other 75% has probably got a fat ton of books about building and yeah, maybe. you know how to produce food and growing and <clears throat> you know even just history it's about very society doubtful, i mean is it though? i mean yeah, the, the, the I mean, skills I don't that, think it is. the skills that they've just given is schematics for building things and this is you know you got to think I, most saying... people in these communities aren't necessarily builders so they need to be like ikea instructions you know, for these people to build these things. How to build a civilization for dummies. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's not a really valuable bit of information, but what I am saying is why the fuck in the last however long that they've been at the hilltop, yeah. have they not gone, I wonder if there's anything useful in this massive I library? Think, yeah, but... Uh, it's not like Game of <laughs> yeah, Thrones. It's too, it, but this is too literal, though. Can none of them I read? think the, the idea is that um, it's more of a we believe in you like there is something more than just people just constantly killing one another. Well, let's let's go back a bit then and, and work our way through the the moral uh, battle that happens here. And genuinely, you know, Michonne's got this this real faith in everything that Carl said yeah. on his deathbed, Good. but that Carl has always believed in. And you know, you can really see the dichotomy now between uh, that word. Rick's <laughs> reaction. To the current events and Michonne's. I mean, they're in different situations. They're, yeah. they're faced with different challenges. But Michonne really has that faith in, in the good of people and the future of mankind. Yeah. And of their society. And I, and I think, actually, that's a really reassuring thing. That's one of the reasons why I think that Denai Guerrero plays that role so well. Because you really believe her. Um, mm, yeah, but I'll, I'll give her that. Yeah. There's, a yeah. good, there's a good contrast here in this episode, which we'll come on to in a bit, between... This is obviously a group of solely female characters dealing yep. with this decision-making process. Which I really like. And they come around to the correct decision in a very sort of, you know, they don't really argue about it that much, but they get there in the end. Which whereas... is very unrealistic. <laughs> hey, Hello. 12 Angry Women, it's a new film. Oh, yeah. uh, no, um, but um, Eight hours in a restaurant oh, deciding what to eat. And where and all this Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, fucking hell, that's but, the first yeah, that's the, that's the deciding first. where. It's a trilogy, if anything. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, just a really long WhatsApp group. Yeah. Um, um, but no, but the, then you've got the on the other side of this episode, you've got um, Rick and Negan and the gut and the men, Simon and Dwight, and it's you know pure violence and um, <laughs> you know chaos and killing walkers, and you know yeah. it's this interesting balance between sort of like the decision making of the women in this episode and the mm. pure violence of the men. But it's a bit like that episode we had in the first half of the season where you had like three or four pairs of characters who were mirroring each other. You've got. 
the way that women make decision in, and it's not just about women, it's the way these women make decisions. Yeah, good decisions. In this episode, great decisions. I mean, you know, and very polite about it all. Yeah. No one tries to stab each other <laughs> yeah. or set them on fire. Um, and then the way that actually, then you've got the complete opposite, which is Rick and Negan. And then you've got somewhere that's really weirdly in the middle, which is um, Simon and Dwight, which I can't wait to talk about. Um, but I mean, you, you just said that, Len, they come to the right decision. Yeah. How did you feel about Maggie's umming and ahhing? Um, about well, Maggie has been flip-flopping. We like that word on this podcast. Flip-flopping for quite a while. Yeah, spectacular um, that. And I, I'm happy she came to the right decision. It seems that every episode at the moment, though, yes. and it is annoying me, because yes. it's like literally every episode, she's like, I, I'm taking away the prisoner's rations. I'm giving you the rations, and then I'm also giving you playtime outside the pen. We're Yay. not going to... We're, we're going to capture these people and take their food... Oh no, Aww. here's the records. Can I please have your knowledge book? Yay. I mean, you know, it's just, yeah. it's a bit, come on, Maggie is a very, I know she's still hurt because of Glenn and in the timeline, it's actually not that like, like long. less up, than a month. Less than a month since Glenn was it's actually brutal. killed or whatever. Um, but she needs to just, she's a, obviously the most, probably at this stage, competent leader yeah. that the group has, even more so than Rick, because obviously Rick's <laughs> gone psychotic again, slightly. Um, and, Maggie is the future, at least for the hilltop. So she needs to get yeah. her shit in order. I I was a bit frustrated by that. You know, I'm not going to repeat the phrase you've used, but the the backwards and forwards of Maggie's decision making. But actually, it's since reading, flippy flappy, yeah, that. Um, but actually, having recently got to grips a bit better with the timeline, which had never really occurred to me, I now understand it a bit more. Still frustrates me, but John, you seem pretty opinionated on this no, one. No, look, I think... Uh, Please be. Uh, Nailhead Len. Y- you can't just have every fucking episode, oh, I'm going to do this and then change your mind by the end of the episode. Yeah. I mean, it's just shit. Yeah. It's shit. And and that was the weakest part of the episode. It's kind of like, I've already <clears throat> seen this. And that's the problem with The Walking Dead in general that, that I've had a big issue with before is retreading these same themes, you know. Yeah, what the fuck? Questions of humanity, questions of are we doing the right thing, questions of all this stuff. At the moment, it's actually developing into something slightly interesting and slightly mm. different to what they usually do. But Maggie is still treading water over the same issues. I'm sure we'll see something extremely interesting come to head in the next couple of episodes when the ba- when the battle comes to the hilltop yep. and she's got some serious decisions to make mm. on the on the fly. You don't have time to ponder those decisions. And I think on the fly she'll make them. Yes. Um and you know as we said it's definitely the right decision to make and what that opens up for the hilltop and for Maggie as a leader is is fantastic. Yep. And you know despite the fact that probably should have read some of the library. And it shows the viewers you know, that there will hopefully be a future. Yeah, hopefully which there'll is be a future. Which gives us hope for, you know, seasons 9 to 50. Uh, but on a, on a slightly less depressing note, um, I've got a question about the records thing. Yeah. Um, John, what did you think about the, the... I mean, why are we trading records? Why so desperate uh, for records? And can I just say, before John jumps in, yeah. she, she doesn't want spoken word. No So she doesn't word. want our fucking podcast. No. She can fuck right off. She's already a subscriber. What, what if we do an episode <laughs> just for Georgie where it's, uh, it's a podcast purely in song? Well, I think it's... Uh, but again, it's, it's kind of... It's that thing coming through about... Uh, it's almost like V for Vendetta. Where you've got, mm. you got Stephen Fry's character that's like hoarding all of the... Art. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, he's hoarding all like the art and the music and all that. Um, I think there's got there's something about like um, interests and hobbies and and art 
in a world where everything just seems to be, I kill you. Yeah. I eat. I do this. I fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Well, well, Jadis is back on the podcast. Um, Yeah, but but again, like, and it's almost the same with her in that you'd be watching that and thinking, what's she doing with... What's she sculpting people all the time? And actually, that was just... One of her interests. It's her outlets. In a yeah. way, that was that was kind of her life before yeah. the so apocalypse. I think... So I, I, I quite, I like that. And it was almost a, we need the basic stuff like uh, food. That yeah. is important to us. Mm-hmm. But the music would be a treat. And she turned around and went, actually, we don't even need the food. That was a test. Yeah. Um, but we'll take the music. Where's she listening to the music? You know, obviously she comes from somewhere extremely interesting. The future. So let's let's see where that goes. So I think that pretty much covers most of our hilltop discussion. Yep. yep. Which has been relatively in-depth, which I'm surprised about. Next up, I'd like to talk about my actual, my favourite duo of the episode in some ways. Tom Not and utterly. Uh, Simon and Dwight. I am fast becoming um, very attached to Stephen Ogg and Emilio, who turned out to be fantastic <laughs> actors. Yeah, no, I like um, both... But I thought that their interaction in this episode was uh, really interesting and quite confusing for Dwight. Um, so we kind of, we kick off with them in that really weird moment where Dwight goes to ride off on the bike and he's like, no, no, no come on. Simon says, get get in the, um, get in the cab with me. Negan's going to drive himself so you can ride up front with me. And you think, fucking hell, is Negan, this is what I was saying earlier, does Negan know? And is he asked Simon to, you know, knock him off? Um <laughs> Oh, Jesus. It's a little treat, isn't it? Different sort of show. Yeah. Yeah, again, the phrase is knock one out, not knock him off. I've never heard that, ever. Knock him off, yes. Knock, knock. Oh, right, yeah. Knock. Oh, I don't know. Knock one out, knock him off, knock him off. Anything goes. So what we've learned from this podcast today is that Len wants to knock Dwight off. I don't know if he said that. basically I'd like to knock him off. I think if you're like, what, can you get him to sit in the front and knock him off? Come on. come on! What are you going to take from that? <laughs> well, she's on Bumble. She's saying. on Bumble, but you obviously I'm know not. she doesn't know the lingo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I think that off. I think a lot of viewers uh, would have thought, "Oh, as, as Nick can work this out, and he's asked Simon to." Um, I don't think anyone killed Dwight. I don't know. I thought you might be. Oh, anyway, so then we get into a conversation where Simon starts to bring along a lot of. Uh, or bring up a lot of things he's not particularly happy with and he's trying to get into Dwight's psyche and Dwight is just slumped in the corner of the cab of this van going, yeah. I don't even know how to react to this. What do well, I even do? Because he's trying to figure out what he can say mm. and at the same time, Stephen Ogg is doing such a fantastic job acting it. Uh, the delivery's great. The way he's, you know, Simon is just such a great <clears throat> character. The, you've, we've seen you know, that Simon's discontent. But obviously Dwight hasn't seen that because he's not been around. So he's just come yeah. back into this situation mm. like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, mm. what? Why are you telling me all this sort of stuff? And yeah. like, clearly from, he's just got a sense of, oh, I mistrust this situation. Yeah. Mm. And his head's all over the place because yeah. of what's happened. It must be pretty disconcerting, I think, from Dwight's perspective to come back and be like, fuck, does anyone know that I've, yeah. I've double-crossed, triple-crossed, oh, I can't believe crossed. he's gone back there, to be honest. I would. I wouldn't be going anywhere near that. But he did that to save. He could still get out at this point. Though. Yeah, but, what, but, he could, but he could yeah. still be a useful player I, for Rick's I know, team in the position he's to in. Go back to I, the actual compound. Like, yeah. I do also think though that him trying to get on the bike was him possibly trying to get away. Uh, to go yeah. and warn Rick. Very possible as well. Yeah, that is, that is and very that's possible. why his face was like. Because no, he was right. like, "I'll go ahead and scout." 
So yeah. he could have gone to the hilltop. Very good point. And I think that that's what he was trying to do, which is why he looked so uncomfortable in, on that journey. Um, but what, what did you think about Simon's conversation with Dwight? Do you think he picked him because he knows that he's been double-crossing or just because no. he knows that he's He's picked him because he's the only other actor that's got lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then after this really weird conversation, we end up with the uh, all of a sudden the moment where um, you've got the trailer cars going... Rick spots them. He hesitates for a moment, really weirdly. Yeah. And then he's like, well, nah, fuck this, I'm going to go no, after No, because he's meant to beep the horn. Uh, when he, when, he meant to beep the horn if you see them coming. Yeah. He goes to beep it, and then he's like, no, I'm psychotic, Rick, now. And he goes full on rage. And yeah. he goes full on into the side of Hardcore. Negan's car. Loved it. Um, absolutely fucking love that. And Simon's face was like, he was so tough. Licked his little lips, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Got well excited. Like, ooh, ooh. Um, when he had you... his hand on um, Dwight's leg. Dwight's leg. Ready to Third leg. Biting his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the size of Dwight? Come on. Come on. It's the skinny skin... ones yeah. you've got to watch out for. What did you think was going to happen at that point? Because um, there was a moment where I was unsure what Simon was going to do. Well, I mean... Look, or Dwight. D- 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 just to bring it back slightly... Um, I'll tell you what I liked about um, the whole Oggy, Simon, and uh, and Dwight. Like, how many times have we all been there at, after a particularly shit day of work where it's just you and someone else from work having a few beers and you're just like, this is shit, to be honest. I'm sick of this. And, all right, I mean, this is quite extreme for Dwight, but he's so like he's fighting with so many emotions there where he's like oh i so agree but i can't say it um because he doesn't know if he's being played or whatever and um it's a really nice analogy john thanks yeah 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 well rick then going full berserk into the side of the car you saw simon get excited about it and you knew that you knew that as soon as he moved his van over the lane and got everyone out of the cars it was like okay Simon senses his opportunity. I mean, it's very like, you know, if you're going to take power from a tyrant, you've got to seize it when you get the opportunity. You've got to be an opportunist. And do you know what? Fair fucking play, mate. Yeah. And the way he played that when he, and we're going to skip ahead again a little bit, but when he came back after they'd uh, found the car covered in guts and yeah, play- that whole moment, which we'll talk through. Yeah. When he came back and was like, I mean, who are you? Or where's Negan? He was like, who are he's you? He's up to it. I'm Negan. We're yeah. all Negan. He's and a showman, isn't he? He's, he's trying sure. to be a showman. He's learned from Negan. He's trying We've to be a showman. We've all played that game. Yeah. You know, Simon says. Yeah. So. Simon says, I Simon am Simon says, Negan. kill the hilltop. And that's what we've got to fucking well, that, do. That might be a new thing, hopefully. In all seriousness, yeah. I thought he took that on like a fucking boss. That and was he's great. Played, he's played Dwight so much as he, well. Yeah, he's, Dwight, yeah. Dwight's he's, been he's led, under the bus led, here. Yeah, he's led Dwight to believe that if he was the leader... Uh, he wouldn't engage in all this war and he would take them yeah. away and blah, blah, blah. And so Dwight goes along with it and Dwight's face when he's talking about it's just going to kill everyone. Yeah, he's just he's like, like... Oh, for but, fuck's but sake. Simon's fucked up on two respects because he's 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 an opportun- he's taken his opportunity potentially, like we've yeah. said, mm. but he's, not, he's gambled. He's rolled the dice. Yeah. And the things that he doesn't know are the things that are going to come back and haunt him. Number one, the fact that Negan is obviously still alive. Mm -hmm. And number two, the fact that he is confiding in someone who is essentially still working for Rick and the group, which is an absolutely catastrophic play on his part. It's only going to go badly. He has no idea. No, he He has no idea. at this point has no idea. Which is why being an opportunist, you know, sometimes in history it works and sometimes it doesn't. And for Simon, it seems to him like I've I've absolutely nailed this. Mm. 
but it's going to come up, you know, one way or the other, very negatively for him. Yeah. Well, I think we'll see next week how negatively. And as much as I love, I love Simon and Stephen Ogg plays it so well. Um, I really hope he gets his fucking comeuppance. Oh, he's he's, I get, he's getting do. fucked I up. Burn alive. Oh, Jesus! Sorry. Psychotic Rick's in the house. Yeah. I think, actually, so in GTA Five. Um, oh, spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! Games. Um, but Stephen Ogg voices the crazy one. The crazy one. The crazy. Uh, the white, best character. The white trash character. The best yeah. character. What's his name? Uh, Terry. Trevor. Trevor. Uh, and actually, GTA Five. Yeah, but you're not completed it. Yeah. No, I definitely hashtag haven't, completed but... it. Hashtag you can't really complete it because it's GTA Five. Well, but... There's a main story you can complete. Yeah, and you get the credits. But anyway, um, but. There are multiple different endings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and one of them involves... So you get the choice to either kill one of the characters, another one of the characters, or save all the characters, because you control three characters. Yeah. Right. And I'm pretty sure in the version where you have to kill Trevor, which is Stephen Ogg's uh, character, mm-hmm. uh, he burns alive. He gets burnt alive. Yeah! Which I'm cool! Know. Could happen. Could um, feasibly happen into uh, a bit that we just sort of jumped past but that moment with um, with Dwight in his cigarette packet with Sherry's rings um, the cigarette butt he's been carrying around for what feels like about five years but it's probably about six weeks maybe eight six days um, and uh, and he takes it out and I'm a smoker and I'm going to say here now this is my only criticism of Austin Emilio in this episode is that he takes one drag of that half a fag and we're in the zombie apocalypse right when did you last see him smoke a cigarette long time Long time. Mm. He takes one drag and then just chucks it on the car. I just smoked that thing down to the fucking butt before I threw it on the car. Yeah, but can you imagine that scene playing out? <laughs> well, I mean, you could have just you know, cut like back and Gimple forth. would do, to be honest with you. I mean, um, But thank God that Gimple didn't have control of that particular choice. And then, here's the thing, naked zombie. Yeah. We've got to discuss the naked zombie. Like, oh, there was such a big, uh, there's such a big kerfuffle about this, like, a couple of weeks ago, everyone was a like, couple? "Oh, yeah, it's gonna be naked zombie." Everyone was like, "Oh my god, a naked zombie!" And I was oh, like, "Well, yay. it's AMC for a start, so nudity is a no-no. Like, mm. it, you know that that network television is a no-no. It's not HBO where they can go full frontal, you know, rim job, <laughs> whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> you're getting some fucked up stuff in there, right? But you're not getting any of that on AMC. Mm. You're not getting any of that. In the end, it, we should have been seeing more naked zombies because all their flesh has rotten off, rotted off anyway." <laughs> I don't even know if that was a man or woman, if I'm perfectly honest. But for a moment, okay. from a distance... John, you're our resident uh, expert on anatomy. Well, I mean, I've studied the image um, thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure it's a woman. Um, Is that but, because on. of one particular part? Is it the... their wide be- wide bearing hips? Uh, Child-bearing. Well, look, I mean, there's no penis, but uh, but there's no balls either. And I think to, to lose all of that... As well, I think it's probably unlikely. I think the yeah. balls and the penis would be the first things to fall off. Very not floppy. Both of them, though. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I anyway, think maybe like an ear or something. But I would say it's a woman because the long hair. Probably right. And one droopy boob. Uh, yeah, there was there is one droop, sort of droopy, droopy zombie boob. tip. Um, <laughs> hashtag droop. Hashtag droop. Sorry to interrupt your enjoyment of this fan-critical podcast. Uh, If you're having a good time listening to us discuss the current episode of The Walking Dead, then please do subscribe to our other podcast content uh, either on our website, fancritical.com, through iTunes or any other major podcast app. We're also available on Instagram, fan underscore critical, 
or on Twitter at FanCriticalPod. We really hope that you enjoy the rest of our content around TV and film. And for now, back to the podcast. The final part of episode 12 to discuss is, of course, Rick Grimes and Negan. (laughs) Well, well, well. Who'd have thought we'd ever see the day where they'd actually get to one-on-one in the middle of a basement trying to bash their shit out of each other? And I don't mean that sexily. (laughs) Sexily as well. Sexily. (laughs) I don't mean that sexily. (laughs) So you got Dwight trying to be knocked off by (laughs) all. Simon, and then you got Please Rick bashing in Negan. Sexily, Simon. Jesus. Um, so my first note when this happened was that, oh shit, Negan got hit, son, covered in guts. That's it. Ooh. That's what I wrote. Um, so Negan is, I mean, he's upside down in the car when we first come to this point and covered in guts. Lucille is no longer beautiful. She's, uh, she's everywhere. She's on fire. Everywhere. Oh, Pissing okay. blood. Awful. Um, uh, Negan is not having a, Negan is not having a good time. Lost and then it, Rick gets out of the car. He grabs his machine gun, and he's uh, and he's shooting. He's shooting at Negan in the car. Stormtrooper. Bit no, no, not, not quite. But it reminds me a little bit of that. You know, Attack on the Saviors, where he was shooting at Negan, and then Negan just got away. And, and it terrible does, shooting. Rick's like he's dead not shot. very good. He's a, he hits headshots for fun with his Colt Python. Gets an AK. Oh, gets a. AK-47 in his hands, just like, I'll expend this mag. Uh, they enter a building. <laughs> and Negan is genuinely running pretty fucking scared at this point. Yeah. There's a sign that's abandoned, uh, basement, abandoned hope, all who enter here. Uh, and Negan goes running up the stairs. And then Rick does the most kick-ass thing I've ever seen Rick do. Not ever. I mean, not maybe He did not tear as... someone's throat out of his mouth. <clears throat> yeah, that was that that's was different. This is, real, cool. this is kick-ass. That was just brutal. Um, grabs his tiny little Tomahawk. axe. Tomahawk. Throws it at Negan, yeah, and then Negan. I don't know what he does here, but he just sort of he slips and rolls and then just falls into the basement. So what I like most about that is the fact that you know Rick, you know he threw the axe at Negan. Negan's barrel rolled off, but then I, I don't think Rick was expected it to go that well. Uh, right. But then he's like, "Fucking hell, this has worked out." So he struts up the stairs, grabs yeah, yeah. the axe, uh, and he's just like, "Yeah, I got you now." <laughs> has has it feel to die in a dark alone? Again, I was just again loving that, suggested. loving well. that. So obviously Negan is now down in the cellar and this is where shit really gets real and I, this is fantastic. This is one of my favourite parts of the episode. Um, Negan's scrabbling about trying to find Lucille and it's genuinely distraught that he's lost her. Yeah. And I'm calling her her. It's a bat. Yeah. It's a bat, yeah, but... So then this is what I can ask you earlier. So up until this point, is Negan's relationship with Lucille in the comics as mm. bizarrely uh, emotionally connected as it is in the show? Um, I would say in the comics at this point, you don't fully understand the relationship between him and Lucille. However, his language towards Lucille and everything he says about it is... He talks about it all the time in the comic and all out of war, especially when he's using her and before all out war when he's bullying Rick and everyone with her like you know when they're in submission he's submissing them and all that sort of stuff Um, but like I'm not going to say anything more about it because there is a companion um, there was a companion group of uh, podcasts there's a companion group of um, comics released for Negan's backstory Um, I can't remember what the exact name of it is I've read it all um, but it's like really mini comics like literally half the length of a regular comic and loads of little serializations of how Negan got to the point from the start of the zombie apocalypse to the point of where he is at the sanctuary yeah and that obviously 
details you and tells you a lot about his relationship with do you think that we're going to get that in the show i think there's a possibility that with four episodes remaining um to finish all out war and we can see that the battle at the hilltop is pretty much going to happen next week uh, at this rate because obviously they're on the cusp they're almost at the the hilltop now um i could easily see there's no way that's going to last four episodes there could easily be a Negan backstory episode uh, whittled in here. And with the signposting they're doing with this Lucille relationship and all this chat, very possible that that could happen. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know about you, John. Tell me in a, in a second, but I, I would really like a <laughs> Negan backstory. I feel like he's he's missing so much for me in terms of humanity. And I would like to at least be justified in thinking that he's not human. I, I don't think he is missing the humanity part. I think... But a reason for it, do you not not get what I mean? Yeah, I, I, no, I do. I think um, uh, seeing his backstory now would be more interesting because it's very difficult. As I said before, like maybe two or three episodes ago, I find it hard to accept that Negan would give a shit that Carl is dead yeah. at this point. Again, we're, like we're talking like the beginning of last season, he beat two people to death. Yeah, like yeah. not not just he didn't shoot them and go. I'm sorry, I shot them. He beat them like their brains. Yeah, like it smashed their heads to bits. There's nothing left yeah. of their skull and, and this brains. This is like yeah. less than Absolute a month ago. R.I.P. Glenn and Abraham. I th- no, I, I agree. I think at this point it would be it would be perfect. I think if it had happened early on when we first met him, it would just be ah. Oh, now you're trying to make him look nice. At this point, it is exactly I think what we need. It's intriguing. It, yeah, it's it might intriguing, not need yeah. to be a whole hour. Or, or 50 minutes or, you know, how long an episode is. But, you know, half an episode, dedicate it. No, yeah. I, I think they've got to go... They've got to go hog. full whole hog. Like, yeah. wait, okay. like, penultimate episode yeah. of the se- Probably penultimate episode of the season. The one before we get the final climax, don't get excited, John, <laughs> of the All Out War storyline. <laughs> Whose axe is this? We see Negan in his backstory. That would be, for once, other, you know, they've got, they tried it with the governor... And they fucked it up because they weirdly went to some sort of weird governor arc where we got introduced to Terra, Terra, and all these other oh, characters. Terrible. David Morrissey. I love David Morrissey. He was good. I liked him. Yeah, they misused his character massively. Yeah. Um, but this would be the right time to see Negan's backstory. So down in the basement, where the wild things go. Um, it's not not the right phrase, but no. I'm going with it anyway. Um, some revelations occur, uh, namely. Rick gets hold of Lucille and, yeah, and Negan loses his fucking shit. And then uh, then Rick mentions about you know, the massacre of the Bin people and Negan is genuinely, he's fucking furious. I mean, John, what did you think about that interaction down there? Yeah, I mean, um, we, we all knew it was coming. Oh, we? yeah. I was surprised it happened last week. Yeah. Or when he was speaking to uh, Negan on the radio, sorry, which was two episodes ago. I'm yeah. glad it didn't, though. Yeah. Yeah, it came up more naturally in conversation, I guess. Yeah, here, yeah. Mm. Uh, what did you make, Emma, of the burning of Lucille? I fucking love that shit. I like setting stuff on fire. Okay. Um, no, I thought that it was. Um, You're right, mate. You know, of all of the, <laughs> of all of the things that Die, Psycho Rick could do, <laughs> of all of the things that Psycho Rick could do, um, basically setting Negan's one true love on fire and then using it to try and beat the shit out of him was fucking awesome. Mm. Awesome. It was yeah. kick-ass. It was scary. It was like cool the kind of shit. Cool special effects with the 
fire yeah. zombies so and the, the, the devastation it was leaving in its wake. I mean, and that is that is a Nicotero episode where yeah, it's ridiculously good. cool. Made yeah. sense as well because um, they're obviously in a basement, so it's dark. So yeah, it's, yeah, the lighting it was yeah. all very Quick, good. Um, yeah, but, but sideline though. Yeah, go on. Eaters. What? Very good name for them as well. Yeah, but what group, and I, I recognise this, what group have used the, the word eaters before? I don't, I honestly don't think we've heard eaters. We've heard biters. I we've, know biters. We've had but biters. I thought we'd had eaters. We had biters, I think it was maybe Gareth's group, the cannibals. <laughs> Gareth? Yeah, Gareth, yeah. the leader of the Terminus crew. Little fella. Not Gareth, our other podcast host who... Tainted meat! Uh, yeah, tainted meat. Uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, but my interesting thing with this is the fact that this is the moment when Negan realises that his method and his way of doing things is unsustainable. Yeah. Because the moment that Rick says about the scavengers or trash people and Jadis's crew being killed, Negan's face just sinks, like his whole attitude just goes and he's just like fuck's sake and rick also and says you you can't save me you can't save me there are people you were always going to meet yeah. someone like me who will challenge you that will always happen yeah. you are not it's not a sustainable method and the fact that obviously no one's come to rescue him you know yeah. which so is a big Nikki. point that rick keeps playing on and rick knows at this point that negan's that now rick knows there is massive doubt amongst negan's yeah. negan's following which yeah. is only going to you know fuel the fire that he thinks he can win this war. And Negan <clears throat> now is, you know, he's never going to let his, you know, character down and, you know, really let him see who he is. But he yeah. must be thinking, fuck, I'm in trouble here. Because not only does he know, he, he knows that Get his number little, two's uh... fucked. He doesn't know about Dwight, mm. you know, and everything else that's been going on. Um, I was a little bit, I have to admit, as much as I really like this set of scenes, I was a little bit irritated that, um, that Negan managed to escape again. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that that's the other thing about it, isn't it? Like, as cool as it looks stylistically, and uh, there are things that get addressed that need to be addressed. Um, I mean, at no point do you ever think either one is in danger. Yeah, we all know it's leading up to this big season finale. Yeah. So it's kind of like it looked fucking cool. Yeah. And as yeah, I said really at the start cool. of the episode, this, this is nowhere near as bad as like when he's just standing there and it's like, how, how has no one shot him in the first episode? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That was just ridiculous. That was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. This is just one guy. Yeah. Who could have got out. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's the, it's, it's, it's the Batman and Joker sort of relationship that they've got going on. Sure. That yeah. You need the other one to, you know, they, they both bring out the worst and best yeah. in each other. So it's, it's an interesting situation and both won't die until, or one won't, die until the end of the season we, who knows who you know with the way the show's going yeah. no one is safe now mm. um but yeah it's just interesting to see to see these two characters interact which we haven't done for a while and as, as i said at the start of the episode if you're going to do filler if you're going to make stuff up that ain't in the comics this is good stuff to make up yeah, it's interesting right. good zombie set piece good you know dialogue between rick and and Negan and it moves the story forward and, and good every, core, yeah like, good core everything everything in it was good um, please do more of this you know instead of fucking Gaby and Carson on fucking road adventures and the journey to find Christ Jesus is out scavenging that's where he is <clears throat> don't need to find yeah, where him where is Jesus well scavenging obviously I mean, he's been massively yeah. unused yeah. this season yeah, yeah massively Tom Payne's a fantastic actor he's like, cool he glorious hair yeah but yeah good stuff um but then our final scene of episode 12, Negan wakes up in a car with, oh, it's Jadis. 
yeah. what did we think about that, lads? Free for all. Well, if she starts, if the next episode she's doing all that stupid talk again, I'm yeah. furious. I hope she talks normal. Talk normal. I think. I think she's lost her community, lost her thing that she was trying to build, which yeah. we said, which we said humanized her in a way that we didn't think would happen. We were going to be happy when they died, and we were happy when they all died. Yeah, but. We we actually did feel a little bit for her that she said, "Oh, you we tried to create something new. I was an artist." Or we got her backstory, which you mentioned earlier, John. Mm. Um, I've just got to mention one thing. Yeah. So Walker StalkerCon weekend before last. No, yeah, weekend before last. Yep. Uh, there was a woman who was cosplaying as Naked Jadis with the leather apron. Very good. Fucking amazing. I mean, that's good Whoever cosplay. you were, brilliant. I genuinely thought she was naked. She wasn't. It's fine. Like she was. You know, there were kids there. Uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Even did they the fringe and everything. On. Yeah, clueless. Um, I've got one problem with this, and oh. I'm normally, you know, Little Miss Positive. It's not normally what they call me, but we'll go with it. Um, if we get to right at this point, <laughs> at this point, how many times has Negan been in a position where someone could have killed him? Right, a lot of times. A lot of times. How many times has Rick been in a position where someone could kill him? Yeah. Fuck loads of times. How many times has Rick been in a position if he could actually shoot a big gun, he could have killed Negan? <laughs> What I'm, what I'm really, what I know is going to happen, and I'm, I'm fine with it because I like Negan and, and I like watching Jeffrey Dean Morgan on screen. Um, but it, something's going to happen, and he's going to escape, and then he's going to go yeah. and wreak havoc again. Like, it, there is a point where I just want all that war to end. Yeah, fine, uh, and I agree with you a thousand percent there. I mean, get this done. But uh, if you're on your own, you got no people. You go yeah. one of two ways. It sort of shows you that she's still got her faculties about her. Yeah. There's still this mystery about the helipad and all that. Yeah. So she could easily be linked with another group or there could be something else going on. Could she um, be linked with Georgie? Well, yeah, potentially. Uh, why not? I think everything's... On the table. Uh, yeah, yeah. Art, technology. Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they both have a... I mean, one likes sculpting naked people and the other one likes... Not listening to our podcast. No, no, sculpting people naked. Sculpting naked people, yeah. No, sculpting people naked. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, you're yeah. right, yeah. Um, well, that was the next episode. Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, if the fact that she's not killed him immediately, she knows his value. Yeah, he's got value. She can use him for something. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think uh, she's going to use him for? Because I guess there are a couple of things. It could be, could she use him as leverage to get herself back in with with Nick? Rick? With Rick? Um, it's been a long day. Um, or or is it something else? What do, you, uh, what do you think it is, Len? I think she wants to, A, interrogate him and find out why he ordered the death of her community. Because at this yeah, point, she thoroughly believes that he ordered it. Doesn't matter, because Simon is an extension of him. She's obviously met him before. Um, Simon is Negan. Yeah, exactly. That's what they all say. Um, and I think then she's going to decide what to do. Obviously, Rick is in the bad books, but he Negan is more so in the bad books here. Like, yeah. Jadis, yeah. you know, has double-crossed everyone. You know, yeah. and it's that's why it's such an interesting position to be in. We don't know which way she's going to go, but yeah. the interrogation will happen. Negan will do his usual talk his way out of a situation, <clears throat> the same way that Rick can talk his way out of a situation. Hence, why they're both yeah, very, very good, good at what point. they do. Um, and I think it could be a bargaining chip with for Jadis to get on side with Rick. Mm. I hope it is. Um, I've got to ask the the million dollar question. Um, 
John, I'm going to ask you first. Do oh, you hello. think we are finally going to see the resolution to All Out War by the end of season eight? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I have no doubt. No doubt. That has to happen. For the show to survive, that has to happen. What like, if it doesn't? It, it definitely will. Because it, it, I mean, you can't entitle a season All Out War and then do another season where it's still going on. That, All Out no War continued. Um, it's bad enough that it's gone on for 16 episodes. I mean, eight episodes <laughs> is fair thrift, I think, for something. that. And, and, and John, when you get to it in the comics, you'll be like, hmm. There's only about 15 issues here, and obviously a comic is much shorter than a 42-minute, you know, okay. episode so of television. Expand that question. When do you think we'll see the resolution in the it's season a, finale? Yeah, it's a season finale. Before? It's a do season. It's a season finale. Okay. I, I'm I'm pretty adamant it'll be the season finale. Is 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 what they're building what up do you to? Do? Um, I hope and do agree that uh, we'll, we'll see the culmination of of this all-out war scenario by the end of the season but I do think we're going to get we're going to get a bit of a bit of a battle scene next week that I think we'll end up with two fillers and then which, which one of which will be a Negan backstory which, which I'm really filler. looking forward to that would be a good filler but like a non-action filler you not necessarily be, a bad one you know what would be great about a backstory as well you know I love um, a bit of filler is the fact that we'd get to see the start of the outbreak again yeah uh, and yeah. something that Fear the Walking Dead you know which has gone from strength mm. to strength as a, as a show really, really missed out on in season one was skipping over the crucial days of the zombie outbreak, which yeah. is the most important thing. And they really fucking dropped the ball on that season one of Fear the Walking Dead. Mm. Got better and better as it went on. But I'd love to see the collapse of society again because we missed it with this show. You know, Rick wakes up and it's all, it's this 28 days later sort of shit. It's gone. Yeah. But um, we, I mean, we, I think we still saw those really early days of... Atlanta like, getting bombed. We had little flashbacks with Laurie and Shane. Yeah, and, and everybody remembering what it was like to hope that things would just go back to normal. Yeah. I mean, yes, we didn't see those first days. I want to see society go to shit. I want to see military military <laughs> fighting off... Yeah, yeah. I want to see military <laughs> fighting off hordes of zombies. I want to see... I want to see government officials fly off into secret bases. I want to see yeah. all that crazy shit that we never got to see, you know? Uh, so for the first time in a really long time, we've all enjoyed this episode and uh, probably well, had a... Oh, yeah, it was good, yeah. You fucking start now. <laughs> and actually had a, a longer conversation than we have done probably since the beginning of season eight. Um, overall, some really interesting things to consider, some exciting scenes, some really good effects and gruesome zombie action, which is why we watch this show. Uh, so we're all, I think, pretty excited for the next four episodes of the season and then a little bit of a break. Um, thank you very much this evening to John. Cheers. Len. Thanks. And I have been your host, Emma. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to subscribe on all of our various podcast apps, iTunes and all of the others. Visit us at our website, fancritical.com. Follow us on social media. We are at uh, fan underscore critical on Instagram and at fancriticalpod on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. This has been our Walking Dead podcast. We will be back next Wednesday with episode 13 coverage. Good night. See ya.